for plebs, by plebs, dropping the Bitcoin only signal. Pleb underground. Welcome everyone to the Pleb Underground. PUG EP50, still swift with the shift key, not adrift with the grifty. We're all close, there's no rifty, not gunning for the IPO, but we're still strapped in. Real pleb media, not run by Clipston, always reloading. Phil puts the clips in, fill up the mag, unload it with swag, a new Bitcoin feature, low time preference creature. Privacy is about trying to be discreet. Like Bitcoin privacy, I'm never complete. XO set increasing, got a few loose ends. Shout out to Canada and my few moose friends. Out in the outback, found space for discretion. Block each shitcoiner so they can't bank your impression. Back in London town, quick break to clown. Up high on the balcony, up fly with the falconry. Show her the sights, culinary delights. Taste on the tip of her tongue, wet like a towel that needs a rung. Batman begins, but the Joker returns. She's in a cat suit, and her choker still burns. In and out, in and out, bespoke her returns. She keeps coming back. Teardrops, no massive attack. Gravity, each massive attract. Forever falling, perpetual contact. Bound forever, perpetual contract. Truth never dies, perpetual fact. Only if you verify each time you transact. In a comfy chair while they bring me the fizz. Wavy and curly, but never with frizz. TikTok next block, swipe, swipe next buck. Conversation back and forth it. It has a shape, together you morph it. Sunshine in a bag, one day make it rain. Always beauty on, get pissed, start a blockchain. Put personal development on main. It's time to make Bitcoin sexy again. Bitcoin's the best, ain't no topping it. Represent, yeah, they're copying it. When moon, we'll be popping it. Censorship resistant, ain't no stopping it. Once upon a time, I had a plebnet life. KYCJelly.com, voice the plebnet strife. Cuts through butter like a plebnet knife. Meet Mads, our guest, my plebnet wife. Walton, absolutely awesome. And in case you guys didn't understand, our special guest, fellow Bitcoiner and pleb, we've got Mads. Mads, thank you so much for joining us on Pleb Underground. This is cool. Hey, guys. Yeah, happy to be here. And I almost wore the same shirt, but I, I didn't know that y'all were both wearing it. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. There aren't many of these shirts in existence. Yeah. I, 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 I did cares. think about it. Very cool. So, appreciate that. It's a good one. We appreciate the support. All right. Well, we are going to move on over to the numbers yeah the numbers brought to us by time chain stat and time chain calendar what do they look like this week phil at the time of this recording the block height is eight hundred and three thousand. right on the fiat bitcoin exchange twenty nine thousand four hundred forty. the total public lightning capacity four thousand seven hundred fifty two dot twenty btc Moscow time 3396 and the fastest fee take a look at this single digits Walton eight sats per V byte that's pretty crazy pretty crazy and of course and of course our our famous famous chain rewrite days 744 that's right Bitcoin network very secure what I like was the just general trend of hash rate just 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 increasing like i mean yeah it goes like this but but it's it's yeah. it, it's it's what what do the miners know why why do they why do they keep plugging in more miners like what you know if if the price is you know doing this what why do the miners keep plugging in more doesn't make sense right? shouldn't we be having a minor death spiral right now because yeah, ordinals, miners or, ordinals are pretty much dead right so there should be minor death spiral now I remember the first time I actually heard that piece of FUD in uh, 2018. I mean, I barely understood, uh, you know. Yeah, and you said I the fee rate's really low. So no fees, right, Phil? No fees. Like, what are they doing? The miners must be starving out there. Like, yeah, they are. They are. They're, they're totally starving. Yeah. 
Jesus. Oh, God. I mean, you can't eat corn, right? No, no, you can't mm. eat it. <laughs> All right, all right. Let's take a look. We, we've got some. Uh, we've got some pretty interesting numbers articles here. Let's take a look. This is an image that has gone around. I, I've seen it for quite a few years now. I mean, obviously, it's you know, I mean, they're looking at housing prices from like the 1950s. Okay, but take a look at this. This is a tweet from Shaquille Oatmeal. These were all around thirty-five thousand dollars when adjusted for inflation. Good luck trying to buy a house for thirty-five k today. You'd be lucky to get one for two hundred and fifty k. And I mean, if you take a look, if you take a look at these homes, like, I mean, look at these prices. Like, look at this. This is a two-story house. This is mo more than likely over 2,000 square feet. And you're, you're talking about $1,898 to buy the house. We're not talking about a monthly rent payment. To yeah, buy Phil, a similar story. My, my grandfather bought, I think, a couple, or great-grandfather bought a couple of houses in London, you know, 100 years ago, whatever it was, or 80 years ago, maybe 60, I don't know. Like, you know, at, at least more than, more, I think, I think at least, like, 1950 or earlier or something like this, you know. So 70, let's say 70 years ago, for, like, or, or, or maybe even earlier, I don't know, for, like, three grand. And then 50 years later, the same house is 300 grand, and now it's 3 million. In, in, a, in a century, it's gone from three thousand to three million. And 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 guys, like I mean, you know, as we talk about this, right? It's not because these houses are really gaining in value; it's because our purchasing power is diminishing. Now, this all goes somewhere because, anyways, today I put out a tweet, okay? Because look, we get a lot of these doom and gloom influencers, okay? And so I put out a tweet: doom and gloom influencers are ignoring historical mortgage rates. Now. We're going to put aside the fact that our purchasing power is a piece of crap, okay? And it just keeps getting worse and worse. But take a look at the mortgage rates because you have people screaming and shouting that today there's no way you're going to be able to afford a 7% mortgage and this and that. And take a look at the mortgage rates, 1980 to 1985, all right? Look at these rates, 13%, 16%, 13%. I mean, look, this is... Yeah, but Phil, what was the multiple of the value of the house okay. versus earnings at the time? Because so that's what's really changed. Okay, so there you go, right? So again, th this is why I don't, this is exactly the point, Walton, okay? It, it's, the reality is, is that the problem has, has nothing to do with the interest rates. The interest rates are not like, th this is not end of, this is not like end of the uh, financial system type of scenario. This isn't like hyperinflation numbers where all of a sudden Weimar Germany, everything's falling apart, okay? Like these numbers are totally, are totally sustainable. The real problem is our purchasing power, right? Like the fact that like today, what you can get for $300,000 or $500,000 compared to what you could get back then. That's, I think to me, like anyways, that's the difference. So I do appreciate you, Walton, uh, you know, pointing that out because it is. And all these tricks, all of, all of these tricks are meant to blind us from the purchasing power loss. Like that's I all think it is. But, it, but the reason why that works for us, yes. because certainly, I don't, I don't know the stats for the United States, but in the United Kingdom, if, oh, if, if you look at the the wealth distribution, the the bottom ten percent essentially have um, negative or zero wealth. Um, the the next uh, seven deciles, so from you know ten up to eighty, um, their the majority of their wealth is their home, and then the top twenty percent. Um, it's 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 you know they have their house plus other financial assets plus plus other things etc cetera, etc, cetera. Um, but for the for 
for 70% of the population, their home is their primary asset. Like they're big, like like a biggest proportion of all of, of all of their assets, like majority of their assets. And so it's a huge political pawn to pump the price of house prices because it makes a vast swathe of the population think they're wealthier on paper. And what that means is they're able to borrow more, so they become more indebted to the fiat system, and they're more trapped in the fiat system. And this is, and this is ultimately kind of the the biggest problem, right? But you, you get incentivized to kind of dig further into um, something that you know can, can can be dangerous, right? Like accum accumulating debt um, can really be can really be yeah, catastrophic for many people. Absolutely. Mads, I, I really want uh, I really want your thoughts uh, on this. I mean, are, are you a homeowner? I mean, you don't have to you don't have to answer that question. Yeah. No, I, I own my house and I've seen this happen. Like, yes, there's the scale of like seeing houses for a thousand something dollars. But then there's my reality, which is I probably started looking for a house in 2015 and, mm -hmm. and my neighborhood that I wanted to be in. I, I felt like I'd already missed the boat on like getting in at a decent price because, and since my friends had graduated and moved back to where I live and bought their houses in this neighborhood, the prices had gone up like $50,000 or more a house. And now my house, like if I just sold it straight back, I think 150 to $200,000, like change and like the price of what my house like I could like has gone up like that's how like I it's so much more all the houses in my neighborhood are selling for so much more and some people are excited but I'm like well where are you gonna go buy another house where like they're more expensive everywhere so I don't know it just it's crazy though because it's you see the price point of your house like growing you know hundred thousand dollars more and more like over what it was and and that seems like huge in a few years but that just seems really bad to me i don't know i don't love it great point right where else do you move to wherever else has gone up by like you don't so, you don't actually win by it going up unless yeah, you borrow more in which nothing case is it's you like know, you're, happened you're betting on you yeah nothing's happened to make my neighborhood like way hundreds of thousands of dollars in price costs better per house it's it's just everywhere i mean anywhere else you go you're gonna be paying more so it yeah, I don't, I'm just glad that I got, now I look back and I'm like, okay, I'm glad I bought my house in like 2016 or so when I did, because now it's so much more and it's still the same house. Like the houses have not changed. So oh, the, it's, the bones it's have gotten crazy. older. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really. They've just gotten older and I am very attached to my closet. I built it myself and nice. I know nowhere else has a nice, as nice of a closet. And so I can't move anywhere. Actually, I literally had a dream about <laughs> Bitcoin going up in price, us getting a nicer house, but I was like crying because I didn't have as good of a closet there, even though I had like 10 more bedrooms. But yeah, so I am going to hold on to this where I live <laughs> for a while because I don't want to get in. On, I don't want to buy another house right now. It just feels like pouring out dollars. I mean, that's that's I think what's happening everywhere. <laughs> I think there's a lot to be said for the closet. Uh, I I can you know I can vouch for that. Um, we actually just had our closets redone, and part of the reason why was because every single time uh, I opened the door, it was just depressing. It was like this just this absolutely awful closet, and people don't realize how important having proper storage space is for a home. So 
even though I, I just love Bitcoin, my closet. I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to like go down inside. Like, I would love not to need as much space in my closets, but for now, it's it's what I need, and I love it. So, yeah, it's uh, I, I'm very attached now to this house since I I put my time into building it out like that. Very cool. I do want to explain this one last piece about this before we uh, before we move on to uh, the other piece of the numbers where we dive into some plebnet numbers, I think, with you. Um, but essentially, the only thing you can do, okay, like what you're talking about the rising house values and where you're supposed to go, because essentially, th this has already happened, right? Like cities weren't cities to begin with, right? Like the, the, the land valuations for cities grew as more and more people wanted to, you know, live over there and you know, supply and demand. So essentially what ends up happening is, is that your area, right, further out of the city gets more saturated, okay, which means the only thing you can feasibly do is move even further away to an unsaturated area that isn't going to have the amenities that you necessarily want. You'll pay a lot less for your house, but you're more than likely going to have to, there's going to be a trade-off. So it's... It does put people in a tough position, right? So what ends up happening is we were like, no, I'm happy where I'm living and I'm going to stay here, you know? So it's 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 definitely tough, but um, I, I do have to say that is the other side of the coin. That is something that people can do. Um, I, I was able to do that myself, uh, relocating from Massachusetts to Florida. Yeah, and I also downsized. So, you know, like that, that was also part of it, right? Like in some cases, you yeah, well, you might want to downsize the house too. Anyways. This wraps up the numbers, and we are going to move on over to the Fireside Chat. The Fireside Chat is brought to you by CypherSafe. Check them out, CypherSafe.io. You need a reliable way to store your seed. It doesn't matter whether you're using single SIG or multi-SIG. You need a seed plate that is virtually indestructible. Take a look at the all-new Cypher Grid, and it comes complete with an awesome little punch tool. That's cyphersafe.io. Check them out for the awesome Cypher Grid. If you appreciate fine, high-quality Bitcoin art, take a look at the Bitcoin Rollo Triangle made of 16 ounces of titanium Absolutely beautiful quality and craftsmanship. Check it out at cyphersafe.io. That is the Bitcoin Rollo Triangle. All right. For the fireside chat, we've got Madeline. So, Madeline, you're in the hot seat, and I don't know anything really about Plebnet. Walton has mentioned Plebnet on several occasions. Uh, I yeah, so I call, I call Matt my Plebnet wife. That's right. Um, because we, it, it, there were about... There were about, I don't know, 25 people in the early days of Plebnet, uh, and me and Mads were, were part of that group. Um, and, and we were, yeah, we've been good, good friends, good friends since. And we, 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 um, yeah, we look after each other at conferences to make sure that, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're at the, we're at the best parties or, you know, um, you know, not, not without drinks, that sort of thing, you know, important, important, important exactly. duties. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So, so Mads, tell us about Plebnet. Like, why did this start? And yeah, well, I feel like Walton and I were a bunch of people on Clubhouse back like middle of COVID stuff. And um, so it was late April 2021, early May. 
Yeah. Like in leading up to that too, I, I loved like hearing other Bitcoiners for the first time. That was my first time to have any communication with like other, I didn't know about Bitcoin Twitter. So um, I was just kind of living in a hole in Alabama and um, talked to my dad and some about it occasionally, but that's it until Clubhouse. So that was pretty exciting to hear like other people excited about Bitcoin. And I was learning a ton. A bunch of people kept telling us that like, anyone could run a lightning node. And I think I was kind of wanting to like prove that, like, mm -hmm. since I am very not technical, I bought a computer and then I bought a Raspberry Pi and then I had to learn what that was. And um, yeah, uh, to run a lightning node. And now I-, so I Matt, just, Do you think anyone can run a lightning node? I, yes, I believe that like, I am the, the like poster child of anyone can run a lightning node. So, and with, with people's help, I mean, I had, I, Walton was one of, many people I asked like questions to I feel mm -hmm. like we were doing it at the same time so like I had something like study buddies yeah I would just you know check with Walton to see I felt like he would do more research and verify stuff faster so I just make sure with them to see like oh is this what I'm supposed to do I'm really gonna type this into my node and just press enter and see what happens and yeah it was it was really cool I'm still running my node I love it just opened up some channels this week I was really sad I opened them up. I feel like uh, when the fees were a little higher the other day, but I'm, I'll live. So it's been good. I really enjoy it. I, yeah, I've loved computer, learning about computer things. <laughs> All right, Mads, I'm I'm gonna have to uh, I'm gonna have to connect my node to yours. My my node is pitiful. I I used to have a node with 35 channels on it, and I, I it was it was great. It was great. I was connected to so many people. And now I'm just connected to one person and it's essentially, it's just me and full throttle hodl just out in, in an island, you know, with like a channel to each other going nowhere. Yeah. You need some, nope. you need some more connections. I, I need more connections. I'll, I'll hit you up after the show. But uh, let me ask you this. Um, I, I guess what was your, because now I'm, now that you told me that, that you, you see yourself as kind of like this, you know, the, the barrier to entry, I, I need to know what in, um, what was the most difficult aspect of learning how to set up a node in your opinion? Like what, what was the hardest, I guess, mental hurdle? Uh, I guess that's the more of the question. What was the, mental the, hurdle? the hurdle was really like knowing, I mean, the whole reason I did it was because I, I couldn't picture in my head. I'm very visual and I couldn't like visualize what people were talking about with lightning. And so for to get over that mental hurdle, I was just decided to run a node. Um, that's how I learned it, what it does. I spent forever trying to figure out like how to get like sats into my lightning wallet for my node. I didn't know that just opening up a channel on chain then like becomes your, your lightning sats like that, those little things I, I asked probably like 10 times. And I feel like people didn't know what I was even asking because it it's, so obvious once you've done it and like opened a channel and you know that those sats that were on chain now become your lightning balance on, on your node. But um, that was very confusing to me. <laughs> and then just one hurdle, the probably thing I spent the longest on sadly was just trying to plug my node in. I followed like a BTC sessions tutorial and running a raspy blitz, which is what I do. Yeah. And I got, like, I ordered all the parts, except for I didn't order all the parts. I was missing the Ethernet cord. 
I could not figure out where to plug all the cords into the node and get them in, plugged into my like power and internet. That just took me like, way too long. So yeah, that was, um, but once I got it plugged in, it's been good since it just, I'm very not technical. So yeah, I loved learning all the technical stuff though. Like I love knowing how to do command line and things like that. That, that was actually what I was going to ask you next was, um, how did you, you know, how did you find, um, doing command line work? Because I mean, for, you know, for some of us that are technical command line is just, you know, second nature. You're like, all right, I have to go do this at the command line. Like how did, yeah, how, I, how did you feel about that? I think I like took photos of it when just pulling up like command yep, prompt of my, of like to show my family what I was doing on my computer. Cause it looks super hackery. And then <laughs> I, um, I like, yeah, that's, I was really excited about that. And I don't know command prompt, like, I don't know all the prompts and things, but, um, like this week I actually re like changed something in my L and D comp. And this happens every time I seem to change that you have to update, you know, like, or restart your lightning or L and D whenever you update your L and D comp yep. file. And somehow every time I make any edit to it, I randomly like put, a letter somewhere in there or I press enter on a random line and it takes me like a little while to figure out where that line is but I I figured it out I I hit enter the other day in the middle of a line so just to go and fix that before I could get going again but yeah it's um I think maybe because I knew so little I was a little fearless with it like mm -hmm. maybe if I'd known how catastrophic some commands I could do could be I'd be more careful. So what you're saying is, is that lightning is reckless. <laughs> yeah. It is. And, and I just want to point out, you said something very interesting that I think a lot of newer um, people to the space may not be aware of, but the do it yourself lightning, um, lightning node, the raspy blitz, right? This has been around for several years at, I mean, back in 2018, um, for the most part, that was essentially the only do-it-yourself node uh, that there was. There was also the Raspy Bolt, which was a little bit more having to learn how to use, comp um, how to like compile scripts. But Raspy Blitz was the first one, at least in my eyes or to my knowledge, um, that was a little bit more user-friendly, right? Like you, you went through a command line setup, but it was still a little bit more user-friendly than having to compile your own scripts. And I, I think that- um, I, think I loved it too. Right? I, I don't, I kind of asked a ton of people because I was really confused about what it meant to just use Umbral or just use Raspy Blitz or just use Start Nines setup. Like I had no idea. All these words meant nothing to me. And I just did, I asked a bunch of people random questions about it and somehow landed on Raspy Blitz is like what my setup would be. Yeah. And in the early days of PubNet, I think there were like two or three of us running Raspy Blitz and everyone else was running umbral and like in the like the very beginning and um i now i'm glad i did it this way because it was a little bit harder and i wasn't as afraid to go into command line like when there's an umbral update and everyone had to go do something in command line and like everyone would freak out for a day in PubNet on the telegram group i was like oh i've already you know i kind of knew a little bit more there or i was just like more used to that's how you turn it on every or like whenever I want to connect with my node, I go through command line anyway. So um yeah, I'm really glad I did it that way. It's pretty cool. It sounds like 
it sounds like you're saying with Bitcoin that if you, you know, try and have a go, maybe, you know, you can you can learn how to do it. And that's that's kind of the, the, the core of it, right? That I think a lot of people don't just make the effort to go and learn something, go, to go and pursue it, like to, to persist that um, when they get to hurdles, you know, getting getting over them in, in you're going to try and complete this thing because it's important. A lot of people just give up on um when there's resistance yeah i had a lot of time on my hands um and it was tough i mean like there were but fortunately clubnet was such a great thing it was mainly just like a way to connect with other people setting up and running their nodes and that gave me access to pretty much anyone i needed to help get help from um i mean it was and that was kind of the first thing like for me in the technical world there are a lot of people that are from like technical companies even if they're not technical themselves that are just used to like doing stuff like getting test being a tester of like a beta version of something and giving feedback to the people that make it i was never exposed to that before so mm-hmm. the a lot of the people that were like building or working on lnd working on is it core lightning now or is it c, c core lightning which was c lightning uh, you know, people it's building umbral, yeah, yeah. Yeah. people building umbral, Rassy Blitz, all the like people building the stuff that we were using. You know, we had access to a lot of them were in PubNet or PubNet people had a connection to them, and so I could just get my questions answered and give feedback like to people actually building stuff for the first time. And I think that was super cool. Like I, I really loved that. Um, I think that's why I like Noster too. Like getting in when I got in, kind of. A little bit earlier into it like being able to just be like hey i can't use this button <laughs> or something and then they fix it and that's amazing to me um i've never experienced that before in my life so really love tech computer things now very cool very cool and and before we move to talk about the uh, the noster stuff um i just want to point out for on the geeky side for anybody that is messing around with their config files always make a backup of it. Then you can screw it up all you want. And then you could just have the original there, you know, like that's, that, that, that's just a trick, you know, that, that, that's a good trick. I know. I think screw with things. <laughs> so I feel like, like this is a, this is something that we advise in PlubNet. I am you know, just so reckless with it. That just make a backup, Mads. I know. I know. I need to do that. I'm really, I'm, I'll do that this week. I'll do that this week. So we're going to move, we're going to switch gears and we're going to, I mean, Walton was talking about how like you're 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 involved with uh, with Noster. So I I mean I I'm not uh, not that I'm not a fan of Noster, but I I'm not just I, I'm just not a cheerleader. That's all. Like I I, I accept. Yeah, Mads is part. Mads yeah. is part of a centralized uh, leadership council of the decentralized uh, communications protocol. Very nice. Very nice. Okay, yeah. so Mads, tell us about this centralized leadership. <laughs> for the decentralized so, protocol. So this is, I think the same thing I was talking about that got okay, me to, one of the things that I got excited about with Lightning, about being able to be in, like try something early, like just recklessly try it and give feedback and then see your feedback actually be put into something that you use. That is really exciting to me. So I I pretty much follow when I'm active on social media, which is rare. Um, I will like just go and try anything. Like I'll, someone puts a new Bitcoin app. I'm like, okay, I'll download it and try it out. And um, 
and I guess some Bitcoiners probably put out, like we're talking about Noster stuff. Someone I followed on Twitter was talking about probably about Damas. And, you know, I was like, oh, a test flight. You know, that's something I've never, you know, experienced pre a few years ago. So I was like, oh, I can do this test flight app. So I, I would download anything like that and try it out. And it just instantly was very similar to, I felt like the early days of PubNet, just like a bunch of people trying to learn how to use something at the same time and also giving feedback to the people building it. And um, so I got really, I had a lot of fun using Noster, mainly on Damas back in December, January times. And yeah, I'm really bad about social media in general. So I sometimes check it once a week. Um, sometimes someone sends me something and then I look like in a text or something. So I go and check on Twitter or Damas or, you know, on Noster. Um, I mainly use Damas on my phone, but I have tried out like 10 probably different Noster apps at this point, maybe more. Like I will try any app out. I love being able to test things and break them because I think I'm very good at breaking stuff. So have you tried Primal? Yes. Arcade? Yes. City? Arcade Labs? Yeah. yeah. I have something from them. I don't know. I can't remember. I've definitely have something. Oh my I think God. they have encrypted DMs. Oh, that's cool. I just don't get on social media a lot. So I don't really know what's happening lately with things, but I um, need to go. I need to like dive back in for a little bit. Check it out. It's kind of what I do. I dive in, like find out stuff. And then I, you know, go back to the regular world where I can't be like, as involved day to, day to day on social media, you know, as some people. Twitter's a complete train wreck. So you're, you're not, you're not missing anything there. And that, that's just become worse. Um, as if you could imagine that. Um, but yeah, that, that's just become worse. But in, in terms of, um, in terms of Noster, I, I was also part of the, uh, the test flight. So my, my job prior, prior to, prior to any of this, uh, the, this type of stuff, like I was technical support, but also I did, um, QA, which was quality assurance, right? So taking pieces of software and essentially going through a whole bunch of things and figuring out, you know, like what breaks, what doesn't, clicking every single button, going through every single type of user scenario. So I also was part of the test flight group for, for the original Noster. And I mean, look, I uh, let me rephrase that for the Damas app. Okay, so I, I was a test. Yeah. I, I did uh, I test flew. Yeah, me too. Like November last year or something yeah. like that. Exactly. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I thought it was a really cool start. I, I do appreciate it. I, I like it. I like the interface. I mean, look, the reality is, is that it should be very similar to a Twitter type of experience because this is what people are used to. So it's kind of like, you know, you get people in with something that they're used to, that they feel comfortable with because, and this is something that you end up learning, like people don't like to feel stupid, right? Like think about it, right? Like how many devices that you use that make you feel stupid where you go back and you want to use them again. No, like if you feel stupid using something, like, fuck this, I'm not using this, you know, like so, you want to use something like, yeah. I think I'm a little different there. I okay. think I'm the person that it's not, I don't sit there and think I feel stupid. I feel like I could learn something here. Like I, I'm, there's something I don't know and I want to know about it. You know, th like that's, that's why I think I get so excited about this stuff because it's, I know I'm, I'm not, like smart in this area. I know I know nothing. And, but I also know that like 
at least like my experience with Damas and just Nostra in general, I am like so close to the act, the people that know everything mm-hmm. and, and to be able to first ask them my questions, which may be really stupid questions, but then actually get responses, very kind, expl- you know, answers explaining something like extremely simple that was just obvious, you know, that I, that really was, is just a stupid, like kind of like blonde moment. I like, I being able to communicate like that with those people is crazy to me. I mean, people that are building this stuff. And so I just think of it as an opportunity to like learn the next thing. Um, I don't, and that, I do think that's where I'm different. I do think that that's why I ended up actually going through with setting up and running my lightning node. I mean, I, my background knowledge to me, like proves that I, yes, because I did it, anyone can do it but you do have to have like the obsessiveness that I had to stay with it and the curiosity to keep learning all the new stuff because everything I use in the Bitcoin world though, I feel stupid using. So that's to me, there's, I can't just be like, ah, I feel stupid. I'm not going to use it because then I wouldn't be able to use Bitcoin. <laughs> I think that's key, right? Patience and persistence. I I guess I should have clarified it. it I'm talking about the user experience. Right, like when you go, I know, through, but you're still, actually using something and it makes you feel stupid. Like people, people like to go through stuff that's intuitive. Like we're not talking about quality assurance testing, but just the average everyday person. You know, like let's say opening a car door, you know, or something like that. You know, just like a yeah, true of user experience. And, so and I know that, that that Damas made yeah. like something familiar. You know, well, I mean, my dad, my husband, and my brother. I got them all on there, and on Damas, yes. Yeah. And on Noster <laughs> and, and, and through Damas. But yeah. Um, and you know, their experiences were maybe a little more frustrated or like, I just don't want to use this than <laughs> than mine was. Um, but yeah, I I I clearly have realized I have a like real curious like gene in me that just drives me to learn about things like this. So for the Bitcoin companies out there, if you don't understand yet, Mads would be an awesome QA engineer. Okay, so there you go. <laughs> Maybe I don't know about that. I don't know what I'd engineer, but I sure I'll, I would love a job. <laughs> There's the expression foolproof, right? And so, um, you you, yes. you, you need a fool, I think, is the idea to, to make I, it foolproof. Absolutely, and I'm I will be the fool. I will, yes, if you pay me for sure. So, but before we before we wrap up the, the interview section, what what was Nostrica? What is what what was what was that? Because I, I I heard oh. about it very quickly and I was just like, what already? It this happened thing is very quickly. Well. It was it was amazing. So my other than just being like trying to just be like a stress tester out using Bitcoin things, I um I I my like role in the Bitcoin world is kind of I unsure I guess because I'm my background is in fashion design and I've like worked at clothing boutiques. I love art i do painting drawing i've done like any kind of art you can imagine um that's what i've been was into and now i'm very into bitcoin so my trying to find like a role in the bitcoin world is is like that's something i am always doing but i love like bringing people together educating people and stuff and so i volunteer a lot of times just to to do things like that i've i've helped out like in a small capacity volunteering with TabConf in Atlanta. It's really awesome. Everyone should go. And um, 
also at Bitcoin Park in Nashville. They let me help out there um, with some of their summits and stuff. And then my dad and I also briefly taught a Bitcoin class to high schoolers with, through like my me premier Bitcoin's um, Bitcoin diploma, which was really awesome. Um, so anyway, I just like, vol I volunteer myself for a lot of things. And I, Jack Dorsey posted, it, it was in January, like, hey, who would want to do a conference, a Nostra conference? Like who, if people help organize, if I help organize, who would come? And a bunch of people said they'd come. I had reached out and said, oh, I'd love to help out. Um, I would definitely want to go, but I love organizing events and I think it'd be super fun. And yeah, I just, I, there were a handful of us that kind of stepped out like that. And all of a sudden we're planning a conference in less than three months in Costa Rica um, for almost 300 people came and it was really amazing. So some people told me it was the best tech conference they've ever been to, um, which is great. I, my parents came and my husband and we, they all have different knowledge of what Noster and Bitcoin it like they have their knowledge levels are very diverse on those things and um they all loved it you couldn't really not love it in Costa Rica we were down in Bitcoin jungle in Uvita which um you can pay in Bitcoin for dinner housing experiences everything everything at the farmers market um you can accept everyone at the farmers market and the in Uvita and Dominical the nearby town except lightning which was awesome um like it, it's really cool so the bitcoiner in me and then like the excited about Noster and decentralized communication part of me had a great time and yeah I thought it was a wonderful event and I you know everyone should go to I'm about to say it wrong Nostrasia <laughs> in Japan <laughs> um yeah in November yeah all right, so that's it's, the next one that's coming up, Nostra Asia. Yes, and I'm right, not as involved in that planning this go round. I think like one international volunteer trip a year, maybe like my max. Um, but we'll see. Who knows? I, I, <laughs> it's really fun. I mean, I, I love the community. That's like my what I love about the Bitcoin world. I really love the people um, that I've met, and so I just don't do the social media. I don't listen to a lot of the content. I stay a little bit under the rock. I know Bitcoin just, the you know, blocks keep getting mined and that's, that's how I'm relaxed at night. But I really love getting together with people at conferences or whatever. And if I can help out and volunteer, then like it's even better for me because I probably don't understand half the talks, uh, some of the things anyway. <laughs> Oh, Mads, we we really appreciate you explaining that. And uh, do you would you happen to know when Nostra Asia is? It is November. Hold on, I want to say it's like uh, November first through third. But I could okay, be we'll off. try we'll try to dig that up for the uh, yeah for, yeah yeah. Uh, I should know. I should know. Up. I'm so many dates. Okay, but you're not I think an organizer. That, we'll give you a pass. We'll give you. A I, pass. I I think it's November first through third. And yeah, I I'm. Still willing to help out in any way I can, but um, it's so different. The culture in Japan is such a different thing. I think we're really leaning on people that are some of the locals um, to help with stuff. I was able, We there are a lot of expats in Uvita and Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. So communicating, there wasn't a language barrier. 
you know, we ha had Bitcoiners on the ground, you know, to help us out do a lot of the heavy lifting and but communicating with them and all. So my role in that was a little different than I don't know that there's a real true role for me with the Asia conference. So I, I'm, I'm okay with that because it was really, it was fun um, doing one, <laughs> one per year. I think my family was like, you know, wait, you're doing a lot of work. You're not getting paid for it and you're paying to go on a trip. This seems like an, a good to way Bitcoin. to, yeah, it seems like a good way to spend <laughs> all your money and not, not save it. So until I get a job that pays me instead of just volunteering, I, I kind of have to keep my expenses down a little bit. <laughs> all right. Bitcoin companies, you heard it. Mads will be your QA tech. <laughs> okay. Oh, tech. Wow. So, well, you didn't want to, you sounded skittish about the engineer part. So I, I, I changed it to make you feel a little bit less skittish, right? And QA tech, but really it's QA engineer. Okay. So I mean, I might be more comfortable with engineer I, okay, in fashion. One of my fashion design teachers said that we are, that fashion design is very much like engineering um, because you would take a design 2d objects, make them into 3d. You know, we do a lot of patterns, mock-ups, you know, construction um, of our fashion items. So it's very engineering-esque, you know, so maybe engineer fits better. Tech is a little like scary to me. Oh, tech, okay. is, tech seems like more technical. <laughs> All right. So then fair enough. Well, we'll stick with the engineer stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm really selling myself a, a low, low level tech engineer junior, experience. Junior engineer. No. Just a breaking person that breaks things. I like it. I like it. All right. This was this was absolutely uh, an awesome chat uh, diving into these topics. And we are going to move on over to Wrecked. Up next, we have Wrecked, sponsored by Represent. Represent are a phenomenal clothing brand making some custom items, but also um, a wide range um, that are very very available and at an excellent price if you head over to representltd.com you can find their wide selection of apparel and accessories and if you use the code pleb underground you'll get a excellent discount once again that's representltd.com check them out up next we have wrecked and for the first story i'm going to show you a couple of things going on uh, in the world of shitcoinery and and we can we can decide who who's been i want you to in fact what we're going to do you're going to vote who was most wrecked this week out of out of the, the 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 three things that i show you all right so the first one david bailey trying to sell ordinals uh the the, C, the ceo of bc inc the the owner of bitcoin magazine uh trying to trying to sell uh nfts uh inscriptions and and ordinals and uh it, it, it looks like they're not selling that's number one number two um uh, at least they're not nfts on bsv maybe because uh you know these, these are some uh, beautiful pictures here um as as we can see um just wow beautiful beautiful stuff thank you hold on not um and then finally um uh sam apparently is going to jail um so who's most wrecked bsv nft nf tards probably i mean oh uh david bailey can't sell ordinals or sam going back to jail please cast your vote all right mads i you you, you mentioned um that 
you're an artist. So I definitely want to get your take on this first. I, well, I was going to vote for SBF because I mean, all he had to do was not get angry at his ex-girlfriend and like send letters from her or whatever out to the media to not go back to jail. I mean, he was home free essentially like he, he was like had the best deal ever and he just ruined it so it's pretty bad but she, she cut a deal right that's 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 sort yeah of that's why, why he was angry and like angry. leaking her letters but that didn't help him out you know I I honestly feel like it's a it's a really tough call. It's a really tough call because I mean, okay, so I mean to Mads's point, right? Like she shouldn't have been leaking the letters, but at the same time, does this really just mean that he didn't donate enough to the right people? Apparently, he was so. right. He wasn't as generous as he claimed, right? He was talking about being altruistic, and obviously, he wasn't donating as much as he claimed because if he was, he wouldn't be going back to jail. So, Do you think he's going to get Hillary Clinton? <laughs> oh, you think she's going to make the call? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't think so. But that is a good good thing to think about. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I so first first it was Epstein, you know, running money for for politicians, and then it was SBF. Like I don't know. Like these these people seem to get get done. I mean, I don't. You know, maybe they're also terrible people. It's probably true. But he's too uh, immature know. to have been trusted with too much. Like I, he's too right. immature there. Like he, yeah. Epstein seems like he was, you know, he he had to get taken out because he had like all the info and he had it categorized and like yeah. recorded very well. They're all spooks. They're all SPF, spooks. Like, yeah, I know. Yeah. But, no, I know, but I'm just saying, like, no one. He's not. He's not as. Or he's too mature for them to trust with that much. I mean. Or so he seems, right? It's like it's like the 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 prime minister of England was Boris Johnson, who who seems like a complete clown, but he's 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 not complete. Like it's it's some sometimes powerful people or people who are trying to become powerful play a bit of a fool because it it it. it, it it can make you know people lower their guards and 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 that and they can take advantage of that. I mean, um, I can to, see to... it. It's like Jessica Simpson, and she isn't she the one that said, "Is it chicken or shrimp?" And then she like became famous for like the. Um, do y'all know what I'm talking about? What the chicken no, of the sorry. sea thing? Yeah, the chicken of the sea. She's yeah, like, is it chicken or is it shrimp? shrimp is the chicken fish? of the sea? You mean? And and she was like very. She made a very like dumb comment, but it, like rose her way to fame. She's like got a lot of money. I mean, good for her. I I this is my how I understand these things. So Not to, to me, <laughs> to me, the vote. Uh, did you vote yet, Phil? Sorry. I I no. I just I I, I just rambled about about a bunch of different just thinking it out they're all wrecked i I mean they're all right to me david bailey is the most wrecked here because bitcoin magazine calls itself the most trusted voice in bitcoin and 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 while this ordinal stuff being going on it's been undermining i think there's many plebs out there um who um see some good work that bitcoin magazine is doing especially in the print space you know and most recently you know we saw we saw mark get a a promotion to become editor editor in chief of the of the magazine friend of the show mark goodwin um you know that's that's definitely a good move um you know he's he's got a lot of integrity um but this this ordinal stuff is has it's it's just looked ter- it's it look it's looked so cheap it's like like <sighs> I, feel I was like- in I was in London this this past weekend and like 
with with a tourist did some touristy stuff and there aren't like there aren't the little tourist stuff like shops right next to some of the you know really fancy buildings why because it cheat it like cheapens it and it's the same sort of thing with bitcoin magazine it's like you've got this you know seemingly prestigious um um you know media empire and it's just being cheapened by selling like stickers right like it's just it's, okay. a, it's a bit of an embarrassment right and i, I think, feel like there's... i think dave i think personally I think david should like start backing off and, and should devolve bitcoin magazine um because he's 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 his what he's doing around the space i think is tarnishing um bitcoin magazine's power um in the wider space because crypto is incredibly damaging to many people who don't know better and whilst david bailey is pushing shitcoiners and, and and taking their sponsorship money and pushing ordinals it, he, he's corrupting um a, a powerful platform that, that that should be used as a tool for for you know increasing the integrity of bitcoin and he's muddying the waters with this shit okay firstly i feel like the souvenir shop by a fancy place I think there are always souvenir stores, cheap souvenir stores near like big attractions. But okay, that's just me. I haven't been to, I haven't spent a lot of time in London, so I don't know. Um, I don't hate it. Like I don't love it, but I don't hate the ordinals thing because I don't feel like they're shoving ordinals down your throat. I just think they're like, here, if you have them and you, you want to spend money on them, like here you go. I don't know. To me, it's not the end of the world. It's not great, but it's not the end of the world. Also, David Bailey is a form fellow Alabamian. So like I don't, and he's also how my like long story of how I know about Bitcoin. So like <laughs> a little partial there. But I I just I feel like the ordinal thing is, you know, it's like it's there. It doesn't affect anything else to me. Like if you want to buy and sell ordinals, you can. It's not, it's not a full like shitcoin thing, but I, I don't love like their history of shitcoin stuff at Bitcoin mag. Okay. I definitely don't like that. I also know that they're trying to like walk the line of being like relevant everywhere and relevant in Bitcoiner land. And like, I know that that's been tricky and will probably always be tricky because Y'all are going to come out. People, Everyone's going to come out and hate if they go over the line a tiny bit to like the masses with anything crypto, which I'm very against anything crypto. So I don't know. I just don't think the ordinal, I don't think their ordinals thing is like that terrible. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's different parts to, we'll move on to your, uh, we'll move on to the next part of, of wrecked after this, but look, I, um, I understand where you're coming from. And I think that the whole issue, I think for a lot of us, okay is that Bitcoin Magazine, to Walton's point, right, they're supposed to kind of be this, this like, um, this signal for Bitcoin, this, like, I mean, at least this is the way that some of us envision it, uh, that they're supposed to be this kind of, like, high-quality signal for Bitcoin. And the thing is this, right? I don't give a shit what they sell, um, but I think that they shouldn't be disingenuous about it. So, sad... I think the magazine has more followers than any other Bitcoiner, no? Let, let me Sorry. just, uh, so, yeah, I apologize. Let me just finish this. Um, and the the problem is, right, the, the problem is, is that they're marketing them as rare sats. 
That's the problem, okay? These are not rare sats. Sats are already rare. Sats don't even exist. Like, we're not even going to get into that, but, like, it's, it's, like, so this whole idea, right, is, like, complete bullshit. So I think if they're going to sell it and say, hey, we're going to make this fucking tchotchke thing on Bitcoin, then call it a fucking tchotchke, right? Like, call it a doodle. Call it whatever the fuck. But don't create this narrative that it is some possible high-quality you know, rare Satoshi thing like this is that's fucking nonsense. Like to me, like it's that that's my problem. Okay. With it, you know, I so. mean, I, I hear that. I also, you know, who's to say anything's rare or valuable, you know, like when it, like if, when you become more and more of a Bitcoiner, all the like things that I loved Nothing before <laughs> are, are just not anymore. What is Walton doing? Walton's sharing his screen while you're talking. I'm sharing his screen with the prime thing here. I know, but... The Bitcoin magazine pushing... Oh, the rare... rare okay, okay, okay. I see it. 100 inscriptions. And the point that I was trying to raise before, and I really interrupted... Is how many people no, are there? 2.9 million followers. They have 2.9 million followers. And I don't know about you, but to me, that's more than any other Bitcoin uh, account that I know of. I mean, maybe there's some... Maybe there's some... I don't know. Maybe Pomp's got similar numbers, but he's not, you know... Pomp's Pomp, right? Uh, <laughs> Like Bitcoin magazine, and Mar I think are on are on are on the right side of pomp for now. Just my my what is what means something's rare? I mean, people collect like stamps and coins and whatever, and I think it's just the same thing. I mean, some people really love that, love stamp collecting, and you know, or coin collecting, like. To, and to me at some point soon i feel like coins the value of them is going to be like what like physical like mineral you can melt them down to because other than that they're pretty worthless so many coins are actually worth less than the, the 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 metal that they're made of but in many countries it's illegal to melt down the, the coinage and so and so i'm not so advising that weird, that's, like, this weird arbitrage currently going on where actually people could but but there's a there's a criminal risk involved so i didn't know the criminal part of it that's my point. I mean, it's the value of the actual, what it can do for you. So if it can make you happy because it's, you own it and owning something that, uh, that is, that you deem valuable is value, like value to you. That's, I, I don't know that that's the whole thing. It was just how ordinals is all, all it is, is just naming or like a way to number and identify every single Satoshi. And that numbering system gives them Specific numbers, which some people want those Sats specific numbers. Don't exist. Sats don't exist. Only don't logics always exist. Only okay. Okay. Sats okay. are imaginary. This is the point. This is this, exactly this, the this point. Is why that, like, these arguments happen? Okay. Shared hallucination. <laughs> right. I believe Casey said, himself said that. Yes. Yes. But but it can identify all the different bits of a UTXO, whatever you want to call it. It's there. I'm going to agree to disagree there, Mads, but, uh, okay. you know. Well, I'll, I'll I'll be, the next part I have of one more story. We are not solving may, this just issue. briefly, guys. We're not solving this issue. Well, one, all, one all I'm saying is, is it's just the, the numbering system that's applied to something, and you can decide it's valuable or not, and I don't know. I don't feel like they're okay. being, like, disingenuous. I like that. I like that. Fine. I, I don't feel that they're being as disingenuous as y'all feel, but I, I understand that people can, we can agree to disagree on the level of disingenuousness. 
there's there's a there, there's a zone right there's like uh what, what do they call that there's uh like um there's a there's a gradient right a gradient to the disingenuineness you know Look, we have a strict sponsor okay. policy that we won't push anything that can get people wrecked to me ordinals is something that can get people wrecked and if you're pushing that you're being you're being disingenuous because you're you're ultimately selling um something that that I think relies on greater fool theory if you're putting money in with with the expectation of making profit um because like you know okay collectible but it's like it's not like uncommon just... fats matter walton uncommon yeah. fats matter okay yeah i mean to me they're all they're all uncommon cuz they're all limited <laughs> that's okay. that that's right. true i agree i'm i mean i'm on board I mean, with that exists. But what about so the ones maybe that they're just being that aren't really tied to them, but are somewhat tied to them because of this third-party numbering system, which is really just a database? Those are really uncommon. But here's the thing: maybe they're not being that disingenuous because all sats are rare, so they're just promoting some of the some more rare sats. Just some, all the sats are rare. No sats matter. No sats matter. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Guys, we have one more story in, in Wreck this week. And holy shit. Lisa saying, here, oh, uh, friend of the show, Nifty Nay, uh, GitHub activity on Libitcoin stopped around the time the first potential exploit of the bug happened on mainnet. Now, why? What's the implication you're making? She says that someone on the team knew Lots of likes of that. Maybe they were just alert around this time and then just said, fuck this. Definitely possible. And then Eric Voskel, who I believe is on the team, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, said pretty much anything is possible. It's also possible you're all just talking out of your collective asses. Now, uh, this is a... Uh, my understanding is this is a, there's a, a Bitcoin wallet that was using um, uh, essentially an ins insecure um, algorithm to produce keys. Is, is, that, is that a fair description of it, Phil? I think that, that's yeah. my understanding, at least. Um, yeah. Because they weren't using um, um, sufficient randomness. They were using some kind of, like, toy randomness generator that would only be appropriate maybe in test environments. And they should they, they were using it on some, on some live... Um, what, and this has led to, yeah, um, uh, people losing, losing funds. Um, so which uh, wallet? This is a very, a very terrible, terrible thing, and um, yeah, I, I, again, um, uh, another reason why you know you should really be um, considering what your Bitcoin security is, and really, really looking into what you're using, because there are there are a whole whole range of things, and and some people do things more secure than others. So which wallets were affected? So like what, uh, like wallet com company apps, whatever interfaces, whatever they're called. So so far, what I what I what I have here is that LeBitcoin is a uh, Bitcoin wallet implementation used by various applications, including Airbits, Bitprim, Blockchain Commons, and CanCoin. So, and Slowmist did not specify which applications are affected by the vulnerability. So it doesn't sound like we know every wallet that's affected, or or every uh, software developer that used their their library. But essentially. Um. Yeah, here we go. A vulnerability in the LeBitcoin Explorer three library. So it looks like the it looks like the wallets were using this library to uh, to generate to generate the seeds. 
So, and the vulnerability is in the, is in the, the actual library itself. So I don't, I mean, I, I'm not seeing right now how many, how many different types of wallets are affected, but I mean, I, I will say this though, right? Um, I had heard of Libitcoin when I first, like around, I feel like 2019. And I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. 2019 is correct, Phil. Yeah. I'm sorry. 2019 yeah it, it came out 2019 yeah. I, I was just like what what is this you know like to me it just didn't and, and again it's not like i know any better but i think it look so number one um i i think it um proves the case for anybody who has a single sig wallet um to use a passphrase at, at the very least uh because the you know the 25th word can technically stop I, I mean, at least to my knowledge, can stop that type of attack because you have to be able to put that in in order to sign a transaction. So or at least to access the wallet, which they can't do without it. So at the very least, you you get safety with that. Um, I don't know, man. It, it's I, I think the other piece to this that I don't like is that um, shitcoiners are using it to FUD uh, to FUD Bitcoin and say that Bitcoin was hacked. So it, it's not Bitcoin. It's not Bitcoin core code that was hacked. Okay. It was a specific library that was used to generate wallets. So it's not the same. Uh, sorry. Yeah. I don't even wallet. It's like part of it. I think, I think yeah. this comes down to open source Generated development, right? Like different people build different bits of, of some application or stack. Um, and if, if you're not building the whole thing yourself, then you're, then you're trusting, uh, someone else to build it and if you're if you're a wallet developer using other library you know using using like different libraries then you're you're dependent on those um and 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 in the same way that if you're providing a service to a customer you know in the real world your relationship with your suppliers should be your responsibility the same is true in in the open source world even if even if the wallet you know maybe it's being provided for free you should still um you know be managing that supplier relationship managing um the dependencies for, for your project for your business so i'm gonna so provide oh sorry mads go ahead my question is like for any wallet app or whatever the normal wallet people wallets will use is there like some other library other than just bitcoin they all have libraries I mean that I to be honest that that's beyond my scope of knowledge like I know that there are different libraries and like different uh you know different engineers that create them um I, I just I don't I don't know what they can use instead I mean I'm assuming that there's obviously something else otherwise every single wallet to a certain extent would be vulnerable to this but I did want to add this okay uh to Walton's oh, Okay oh. sorry yes yeah. other well other libraries than libitcoin Lib but they all have to have like some type of library is what I'm asking. Yeah. Like, okay. So that's the oh, thing. Yeah, like like everyone has like libraries <laughs> beyond their wallet. I, I don't know about these library things. I mean, it's essentially just like, think of it like this, right? And I, and I could be oversimplifying it, but I like, like a DLL file. Okay. Like, don't know what that is. Okay. So a DLL file in like, let's say in windows, right. Is a dynamic link library. So what that okay. is, is, so imagine this, right? Let's say you have a piece of software that calls a specific function, okay? So what you would do to simplify that function is, is that in the software, it would call only that file. And that file knows to call multiple other files. Okay. To do its work. So that that's like a, that, that's, 
like a, a DLL. So in this case, the library does something similar. Rather than having to go and rebuild all your own little files in order for it to go and generate this data, you would simply just point to that file and it would then follow its, you know, its script and generate the data that you need. So you're like, essentially, you're, you know, you're calling like a third party in a way. Okay. In, in a way, you know? Okay. But it's not really. Let, let, it's in your own say, code. Let's <laughs> say you're running a, a fashion shop, Mads, um, and you buy, uh, in, in, instead of um, sewing all of your, you know, things from individual threads, you actually buy linen. You buy different fabrics from people. That's essentially what what's happened here. They bought some fabrics um, that were that were insecure, um, and then someone else made some dresses, and some people got exposed. Um, it, it sounds terrible. It was okay. So I just wanted to I just wanted to add as well, and Walton, I appreciate that analogy. That that that's an interesting one. <laughs> um, I just wanted to add um, from that link, Eric Voskel, a member of the Le Bitcoin Institute, right? Which uh, you you. <laughs> Uh, you showed his tweet, stated that the BX seed command is not intended for production wallets and changes may be made to strengthen the warning against its use or remove the command altogether. So, I mean, this is not that it's unknown. They all have these warnings, right? This is beta yeah. software. Like, if you use yeah. it, it's your fault. Like, uh, go fuck yourself. You're going to die. Like, we don't care. <laughs> like, that's your fault. Like, yeah, But, but uh, you're, you're opting in. Just know. Something like that. Okay, that's yeah, absolutely. And guys, that that does it for wrecked. I mean, be safe out there. Be safe out there. unless you have another story, Walton. But I think that that's it for wrecked. Huh? No, no, that's it. That's enough wrecked for this week. All right, sweet. Yeah, that was that was definitely wrecked. All right, guys, we are moving on over to the Hopium. The Hopium. The Hopium is brought to you by Crypto Cloaks. Check them out. CryptoCloaks.com. Awesome. 3D prints made by fellow Bitcoiners. Did you guys see the Wall Street bull? That was absolutely amazing. Totally 3D printed by Crypto Cloaks. And check out the awesome 3D printed grenade where the pin just dropped, but it's okay. Nothing bad actually happens. You can fit an open dime, get the bigger one, and you can fit a full signing device slash hardware wallet, which doesn't really exist. Check them out cryptocloaks.com it's a signing device all right everybody for the hopium for the hopium I, I feel i feel like for the most part the 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 space is at a standstill with this with this stupid spot etf thing and everybody arguing about blackrock and all this stuff so anyways we're, we're, we're gonna get into that but but first right going back to the numbers we were talking about housing prices we were talking about interest rates well let's let's take a look at this little video here where Jerome Powell explains the intricacies of the two percent inflation rate here we go for the general public for those working families and people why two percent why is getting it to two percent so important um so that's that has become the globally agreed <clears throat> essentially all major central banks target two percent inflation in one form or another um and uh it, how does that help my nevada families how does that help people in nevada? i'll tell you how it does and it, it it's um i guess it's it's obviously not uh, it's not obvious how that is but it, what two percent inflation to have people believe that inflation is going to go back to two percent really anchors inflation there because you know the evidence is is and and the, the modern belief is that people's expectations about inflation actually have a real an effect on inflation. If you expect 
inflation to go up 5%, then it will, you know, if everyone kind of expects that because that's what businesses and households will be expecting and, and it will kind of happen because they expect it. So I, I just want to point out a few things here. It's not obvious that it's obvious that that was one specific thing that he said that made no sense to me at all. Okay. It, it, it's he was not avoiding. Obvious. Yeah, exactly. Because he has no, he's tap dancing. He has no idea what the hell he's talking about. And he's not, and, and I don't blame him. Right. Like a lot of times, like people sit there and they're, and you know, and they're like, oh, it's, it's the person. No, 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 listen, it makes no fucking sense because it makes no fucking sense. Like we came up with this number out of thin air and everyone just holds on to it like it means something. But it's exactly what he said that, 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 that second piece. If people believe that we need to have it at that number, <laughs> we need to have it at that number. Like, Phil, two, two things. Are they saying the, the quiet part out loud, Walton? Are they the reason why the reason why everyone has this number is not because there's some global consensus it's because if you if each country has approximately the same inflation interest rates stay approximately the same and it means that the the psyop of getting poorer is harder to see between countries Good point. Um, Very good point. I, I think uh, it, it's also like you get, you know, there's this kind of competing trade around interest rates. And so you do not interest rate, around exchange rates. And so you do want them to be relatively stable. Mags, what are your uh, what are your thoughts on this? Oh, I mean, I Was do think just bumbling around. Quiet part said out loud. No. If, if you say rare sats or rare sats, they're rare sats. <laughs> Are you trying to make this an ordinals thing again? I, I knew it as soon as you said you were into art. I'm like, God damn it. No, actually, I, I literally <laughs> do not love ordinals, but I now it's the same thing, though. It's if you say it and it's it and then you believe it. So is money a shared delusion? I, I've had this discussion, right? Yes. So is, is money a shared delusion is or or is some of, or is it only partially a shared delusion? Because I really feel like inflation um I think the U.S. Yeah, I mean, dollar yeah. is a shared delusion <laughs> at this point. I mean, point. I can't disagree with that. It is a shared delusion backed by violence. So It used to be backed by, like, by a little bit more, and now it's not. Phil, I do think, though, that um, he's, yeah. he's cherry-picking in terms of he's, he said about... Um, he is. But if, ind if individuals believe that inflation is 5%, then it is 5%. To some degree, he's right with this in that if you believe that prices are going up a certain amount, you put your prices up a certain amount, maybe, to try and match it, maybe. Um, I... But 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 that, um, that that he's missing the point. That's all downstream from the money being debased causes yes, exactly. some people to have to put their prices up, yes. and that trick and that kind of ripples through economies, and in doing so disrupts supply chains. And I think over the last few years, you you keep seeing this, right? Your 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 different local stores just don't seem to have like one or two products because the, and, and then suddenly they do a month later, and it's fifteen to twenty percent more than the last batch. I feel um, like they're just normalizing theft. I mean, like, that's all it is, right? It's just normalizing theft because at the end of the day, we all get in our heads, right, th this number. And then all of a sudden, it just becomes totally fine that, hey, look, guys, I mean, look, we're printing all of this and we're at the 2%. I mean, 2% of a bigger number becomes a much bigger number. 
you know like it's i'm not a genius and you can tell by the comments i think two percent mortgage rate over you know? two percent mortgage rate over 25 years i think still nets the bank something like 60 percent on top of the the value of the house like two two percent over a long time is a is a lot of money it's a good point and uh i just think that we're surrounded by insane people um and jerome powell just just proved it yeah what were you i will say about? in teaching bitcoin to high schoolers Teaching about inflation was about the easiest thing we did because it it was like go to your store this week and the next week let's do that again and and see that the prices have gone up and that was like the kids grasped that faster than anything else the like kid didn't take a lot of explaining once we were like once we started talking about it we're like you know you've seen the prices go up and everyone All conversations about bitcoin should start with inflation like they should be it should be talking about what what is this what is this problem what's causing it um you know what's behind so, it how, how is it affecting us what is it going to do in the future and 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 what's the orange uh, lifeboat that you can hopefully yes. use to hedge yourself against it long term so i didn't plan to show anything but i'm totally going to show bitcoin diploma because <laughs> this is what that's how they're that's the set up so me premier bitcoin they started in el salvador after bitcoin became like a you know a national currency i guess in el salvador they wanted to educate kids on it so that but they're it's incredible like if you were ever to go out and just look for a bitcoin like textbook you know where do you find one? And that's what I was looking for when my dad and I found out we were going to be, we got allowed to teach a Bitcoin class to high schoolers and that it was starting in about a day from when we found out we were good to go. So I did a lot of research and they, they, it's amazing. I, I can't even, I don't even know the numbers that they've gotten to now. They have thousands of, of graduated students now, but the way it's set up is very, it's it's how I understand Bitcoin. You it focuses on the problems. It explains like our current system and all the things that's wrong with it, and kind of leads you into the solution of Bitcoin. So anyway, it's really awesome, and it's in English now. But it it that's how yeah that's how we were teaching students. You hear the problems, and and the students that my dad and I taught it was it's a very underserved area in Birmingham, um, Alabama, and they were they the reason that we were passionate about trying to you know get in there to the school and teach with them is because they are hurt the most by our current system mm. they they experience all the problems of our current system like m the most like drastically and yeah and they grasped all of that part very quickly it was just there was no question they're like yeah everything's more expensive than it was last week my mom's job you know, may, she's making a little more, but things are still more expensive than, than what she's making. You know, it was, yeah. it was, um, it was really interesting to see how quickly they grasped onto that part of it. Let's just hope they don't forget about it. Right. Let's just hope that because we all know what happens, you know, the elite I know, I know. reality, and you know, all of a sudden you forget all this, you forget all this stuff as you're tumbling down the, uh, the rabbit hole. I, so, I know. I hope uh, that, I mean, it felt good to just like plant that seed in their right? heads. We, it, it wasn't and we stuff with the school it's really hard to teach in a school in the u.s just anything i think so um but our the teacher that we had a connection with had a like stuff fell through there so we didn't finish the course but i i think that we've like planted the seed and the interest and like the, the students that were interested in it um 
fingers crossed they haven't forgotten so yeah I I it was really interesting that they they were like yes we know all these things are wrong we experience this stuff daily we can see it in our lives you know it was really easy with them so that's that's kind of I think why places like the global south can they're already using bitcoin way more than people in the you know the west and the north northern hemispheres are because there's a necessity it makes sense you know it's it's not as my mom doesn't understand why bitcoin's so important because she doesn't need to use it yet every day yeah, but exactly. it, it it starts making sense for some people and i think that's pretty cool but Absolutely. yeah so anyway me premier bitcoin my first bitcoin everyone should check them out because it's it's open source it's on the internet you can like go and get hub and get the whole curriculum sweet give me the uh, you'll give us the link we're gonna put it in the show notes and we are gonna move on to our next story for the hopium the final story for the hopium before we wrap up this is the uh, this is the the update so far we're still we're still totally getting teased here um and again, we'll discuss, obviously, how much we really care about this stuff. Um, SEC likely to approve several spot ETFs, sparking the next Bitcoin rally. Oh, that that sounds great. Even though nobody cares about fiat, everybody cares about fiat. The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission is likely to approve several spot Bitcoin exchange traded funds in quick succession triggering the next move higher for the world's largest digital currency. Crypto services provider Matrix said in a report on Thursday, the ETF providers would spend considerable marketing expenses to draw in retail and institutional capital. That to me is a kind of an interesting, is an interesting point um, because essentially once those spot ETFs start getting, uh, getting approved, we are going to start to see a whole lot more main quote unquote mainstream but let's be honest it's corporate owned media okay shilling services around it so there, there's no question there the sec will respond to grayscale's gbtc lawsuit filing and arc 21 shares bitcoin etf refiling next week okay and guys this was an article that came out on friday or thursday um so like it was like uh, august 10th or 11th so this is going to be the this is going to be actually this information is going to be coming out the week that this episode drops. So the regulator is expecting to respond to seven other Bitcoin ETF filings during the first week of September, right? Right in time for Labor Day weekend. The note said that any spot, that any SEC spot ETF approval could have a material positive impact on Bitcoin's fiat exchange and investors should have enough upside exposure on any day that the regulator is scheduled to respond to the ETF applications. I have no idea what I just read to you there. That didn't mean anything to me. Anyways, if the SEC needs more time to assess the practicality of the surveillance sharing agreements, so this is an interesting part, right? Probably the most interesting part of this whole entire article, because you see, this was one of the main points that the SEC rejected BlackRock's initial SEC filing for a Bitcoin ETF, it had to do with a lack of clarity around their surveillance sharing. Anyways, then the Bitcoin price may correct initially in mid-September, and this is the dip to buy. Okay, so. Phil, the, the orange bit, um, when it says uh, yeah. it's saying that investors should have enough upside exposure 
um what they mean is that they should be invested in bitcoin or other bitcoin things because they say that bitcoin is basically going to pump and so they're, they're trying it's like they're trying to give insider information it's kind of it's a weird thing but ultimately um we should all remember etfs um are a fiat um fiat banking attack on custody of bitcoin right bitcoin yeah. um doesn't need custodians it doesn't need intermediaries um uh, and so you should be storing your own Bitcoin. Now, uh, um, if you want to try and... It, I mean, to, I find this wild. If you want to try and do tax advantageous things using lawyers and accountants and trusts and all this sort of stuff, um, then maybe that does involve other custody. But you, uh, that's a risk you're, you're very welcome to take. I certainly will not be taking any of those sorts of risks. Like, I just don't... It, it's a bearer asset right it's not like this is numbers that can just be replaced on a screen you, you can get rugged by 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 the the lawyers the accountants the the the, the custodians right like prime trust or what, what's the new one that. called now phil like fortress like, fortress, like yeah. you, you can't you can't trust these people because ultimately you the the due to the bearer asset nature of bitcoin um and and human desperation and human greed you you can't trust other people to hold your bitcoin yeah. and like you sh you don't need to you really don't need to it's really quite simple like you can do mobile first multi-sig on a on, a, on an iphone and a couple of taps of a couple of devices like you it's to create you know wallets these days to, to have your own custody is so easy it's easier than it's ever been and it's getting easier yeah and there's more and more people willing to help you learn that's a very good point mads we we haven't gotten your thoughts on the uh, the whole bitcoin etf thing have you been following it um what are your thoughts yes and no it just has, it seems like it just keeps cycling around i don't know i got kind of bored with it right that, that's my <laughs> thought i'm like i don't know it's not bitcoin it keeps happening it keep etfs keep coming up and going down and i don't know exactly it's you know and and this is the thing right it's kind of like the carrot right it's it's like it's like the carrot they, they just sit there and like hey hey wait a second you know this is coming so i i did find it really interesting though like i said um that part about the surveillance sharing th this is really what they're what what all of these institutions are are concerned with i think so i i we always i try to look at it from their incentives right their incentive is they want to be able to control and monitor everything um, number one and number two, um, the large financial institutions, I guess we'll just, we'll call them wall street for lack of a better term. They want to make sure that they are the biggest players in the game. Now with Bitcoin, as we all know, there, there, you know, there, there is no corporation. There's no team that can be bought out or anything like that. Like you can't, you can't pull the shenanigans in the same way that you can pull them in a fiat system with a corporation. So I actually think that a lot of these institutions such as BlackRock um, are, have obviously figured out that this is how you pull those strings. This is how you, um, you know, essentially, I, I don't like to use the term attack Bitcoin because it's not really an attack on Bitcoin per se, as Walton alluded to, it is the bearer asset, right? Um, like it's not, it's not just the network. It is also the asset. So it, it's very different than, you know, the, than anything we've ever had. 
Um, and, and unfortunately, I think, um, I think that a social attack is really the, uh, the, you know, kind of one of the only ways to truly attack Bitcoin and the Bitcoin ETF, even though I don't see a spot Bitcoin ETF as necessarily an attack, because if I'm not mistaken, there, there does have to be physical delivery of the Bitcoin at the end of a contract. I know it's, it's like Theor up in the air, right? Theoretically, right? Theoretically, Theoretically. right? So, and the thing is, is that are the businesses actually going to demand it, right? So let's face it, you know, like this is the whole, so that's why it goes back to your point, Walton, about this whole thing fucking being fiat, you know, and this whole thing being paper trade. So I- It's I, reintroducing a bunch of lawyers yes. into money that literally removed lawyers from money. Yes. Like the, the whole point of Bitcoin is that it's, it's not, it's not subjective money. Like it's, it's objective right it's it, it's the same you it's you can witness bitcoin the same no matter who you are you can use bitcoin the same no matter who you are that's not the same thing with fear and when you start putting bitcoin in the custody of fear institutions you're turning it into that sort of thing that's not what we want no i agree and okay the last thing before we wrap this up um any of your guys' thoughts on the quote-unquote BlackRock fork? Because I've seen some really stupid stuff on Twitter where essentially BlackRock, you know, like, yeah, obviously it's not true, but like if they were to fork Bitcoin, they're so big and powerful, they can they can make it so that their fork is the real Bitcoin in terms of convincing the public. I think that's nonsense. I think it's bullshit. I don't think it's possible. I think we've already gone through these types of scenarios and the reality is BlackRock can't force me to run their software on my node. To... Yeah, Phil, if you custody <laughs> oh, your Bitcoin sorry. with BlackRock, if oh, you yeah. custody your Bitcoin with BlackRock, you're not running a node either, so you yeah, don't exactly. have a vote. So, and But I do think I do think the custody and the ETF, that is the bigger attack on Bitcoin than than this the idea of a BlackRock fork actually being a real attack. Yeah, I, yeah agreed. Mads, BlackRock I fork. I didn't know, had no idea about this. Um, don't feel like it's a threat <laughs> because I mean, that's why Bitcoin is Bitcoin. It's why all the other random coins aren't like, they're not Bitcoin. You have to be the first, you can't like be the first decentralized one. Like that was dist distributed in a decentralized way. You can't do that again. So it's true. And just like, I, I didn't know about it and I'm not that concerned. So, <laughs> oh, well. Totally agreed. And just like Ricky Bobby said, if you're not first, you're last, you know? So, I mean, there you go. No, they're great. Yeah. Roll <laughs> Tide, Alabama. Let's bring in all the, the, <laughs> the Alabama Talladega stuff, you know? There you go. Yeah. See, look at that. I'm even making relevant quotes. This is fantastic. I'm, I, we're on today. We're on today. Okay. So look, we're wrapping up the show, but before we wrap up the show, uh, Mads, uh, how do people find you? On Twitter, if they want to get in touch with you, if they want to harass you about your awesome takes about ordinals, how do they find you? Um, I guess it's I think it's Madeline underscore Ash. I think we've I think I figured Another that out earlier. Go to right KYC Jelly. Go to KYC Jelly on Twitter, and KYC Jelly only follows like twenty to twenty-one accounts, oh. I believe. Mads is one of those. So the, the kind of uh, KYC Jelly is the plebnet Twitter. Um, for those of you that don't know. Yeah, and my in pub is N P. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. But, <laughs> we'll we'll post that in the uh, show notes. But yes, if you want to find me on Master, I'm there. I'm 
I don't do social media a lot. So I'm not really there. I'm I'm there, but I'm not there. Okay. So, so if people want words... to meet you, they need to go to Nostrica 2024. Is that what you're saying? That you need to go to conferences. You need to get out and meet Bitcoiners. She's going to make us work for Nashville. All right. All right. You heard it from Mads. Huh? Tabcomp, Nashville, uh, Bitblock Boom. Go to all the conferences. So from Mads, fuck the basement, get out of the basement. This is Pleb on the ground. Phil, how do we wrap things around here? Oh, man. It's my turn. Fuck shit coins. Okay, and uh, guys, just a reminder, uh, if if you want to catch this, we're available not just on YouTube, we're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Fountain. You can even stream our sats on Breeze. Mads, thanks for joining us. Phil? Thank you very much. Guys, we will catch you all next week. Thank you.